Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 317. And this week, I'm pretty excited. We've got our What's Working Now monthly episode. Always happy to have and very excited to have our wizard from down under, Angela Ponsford, on this week's show. Welcome back to PT, Ange. Hello. Nice to be back. I was going to call you the wizard of ads, but that guy in Austin Ooh. has that name. So, but yeah. anyway, I know you've been there many times, myself as I well. Have. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day, I got to get back there. Gotta get back to basics and reopened. Yeah, they they reopened for in person uh, sessions. So, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, what we're talking about here and (laughs) letting you in on the uh, the little secret is Wizard Academy, which is in Austin, not too far from the digital marketer offices. They do workshops a couple of times a year. I've been to three or four or five of them. I know, Ange, you've been to a couple of them as well. And just super great to get back to basics and copywriting skills, all the things that make us as marketers kind of excited when we persuade folks on cold traffic to buy our stuff. And speaking of master of persuasion, we also have uh, Kasim Aslam on here, the new co-host, announcing it yet again. This is week two, you being official, no <laughs> pressure of perpetual traffic. Good to have you back on, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah, feels good to be here. Feels good to be the co-host at the beginning of the episode because last time <laughs> you announced it at the end of the episode, it didn't feel re- real yet. This is the first time it's felt real, Ralph. So thank you for that. Sort of back back ended it. We want to make you work for it. Apparently, it's <laughs> yeah, and you've earned the spot. I mean, the stuff that this guy has done to sort of organize us here at Perpetual Traffic is nothing short of amazing. And is awesome admin Juliana. Just to give her a shout out there as well. She's been doing a great job here. And yeah, we're pretty excited because here at Perpetual Traffic, we've got a lot of new things going on. We've got a new producer. We've got a lot of new topics that we're going to be hitting on a couple of months after this little transition period after the first of the year thereabouts and finally settling in on some new topics and I think some really exciting stuff that we've got going on through the end of the year. The first one of which is today, which is something we've never really talked about before And I think, Ange, we sort of fall victim to this to a certain degree. Whenever we talk about Instagram, we don't really talk about Instagram on its own necessarily. We always say, well, it's just a click. It's just another placement inside Ads Manager. I mean, it's there. We run a lot of traffic on Instagram. Some of our accounts spend a good portion of their traffic on Instagram. But today, we're going to be talking about something that really is exclusively on Instagram. I think it's a new thing that Facebook is certainly pushing Facebook, the mothership that is. Facebook is sort of the overall brand. And then there's all the platforms that are underneath it, Instagram being one of them. And that is branded content. 
And it's only really available on Instagram. And it's certainly something that we're pretty excited to start using. We've got a couple of customers right now that are going to be doing this over the course of the next weeks to months and look forward to providing some details on the success of, of those campaigns. But Ange, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about like what is branded content? Why should people want to hear about it? And then lastly, we'll get into how to do it and what the steps are to actually utilize it to help scale your business. Yeah. So branded content and the definition you know, from Facebook is when you're working with influencers and then you're using you know, leveraging their audiences to get more reach and visibility to get, you know, hopefully more conversions for your business. So the reason that they right now, it really is an Instagram product is it is available on Facebook, but apparently it's super buggy. And the recommendation from Facebook right now is that you do not try and do it on Facebook because it's just going to lead to frustration. They actually said, I think one out of every two times that you'll try it, it's buggy and it will fail. So it really is very much something that they're pushing on Instagram. And you know, like any of these new tools, if Facebook is pushing it, then there's often some kind of little benefit for you to be trying these things. And I think it's something that's relevant to most businesses. You know, it, we're not just talking here about like getting one of the Kardashians to put a shout out for your product. Like, you know, you can be working with micro influencers that have a similar audience that you want to reach. And it's really, yeah, it's leveraging that audience so that you can get more visibility and conversions for your brand. Yeah, and they've actually promoting something that they admit doesn't work inside of their own dashboard. You know, like <laughs> use it here, but they're like, so yeah, my part of me is like, why is that live? You know, who greenlit yeah. this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, apparently it doesn't have any internal support, the Facebook version of it, but the Instagram version of it does. So well, hashtag pro tip there. That's a good note. Yes. Angela, thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you've tried to do it on the Facebook platform before and have failed, well, it's not just you. Actually, it's the platform itself. And you know, they've sent us some pretty interesting studies here, some compelling things. I mean, obviously, you know, we have a partner manager as a as a pretty high volume Facebook and Instagram spender at Tier Eleven. But the point is, is like everything that comes for our partner manager, we always read it, we always go through it. Like, how can this apply to our business? How can this help our customers to scale and grow and increase ad spend under management, all those sorts of things. But one of the compelling sort of bullets that, you know, I haven't gone through eight, each one of these individual studies, but they saw that adding branded content to what they refer to as business as usual ads, which is BAU ads, by the way, and I don't know if you knew that, but you know, they got an acronym for everything. Over I there have had to ask a few times what that means when it gets <laughs> yeah. used in an email. Yeah, the BAU ads. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember those. What the hell are those again? But the point is, is when you combine your regular ads, the ones that you're probably running right now for conversions with this branded content, there's incremental value for purchases with a 90% probability to win, which basically means it lifts the effectiveness of your conversion ads and all throughout the entire funnel. What we'll be talking about here is the stuff that you as the perpetual traffic listener is probably most interested in. I don't know if you're necessarily looking to just get more add to carts. Uh, nobody really necessarily wants that unless you've got a great, you know, abandoned cart strategy. But point is, is yeah, you want ultimately purchases and conversions, but there's more than just one way to do that by just running website conversion ads. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of our customers that have been able to sort of combine the two of them and counterintuitively, we're seeing these same sort of really positive results 
with other platforms as well. So I mean, I think the data is there that shows that this is definitely something that you want to, as an advertiser, as a business owner, as a CMO, consider utilizing for your ad campaigns. But how do you actually do it? And like, well, what's the, what are the steps and people are looking to utilize branded content? What's the first thing that they should be aware of? Yep. Well, I guess they have to find an influencer that Mm -hmm. is going to be relevant for their brand. And that's actually something that we probably need a bit more information on. Like, how do you actually go about finding an influencer? I think the thing to remember is, as I say, it doesn't have to be something, someone with millions and millions of followers. One of the customers that we have there, they've got an influencer who's got 55,000 followers. So that seems like it's a lot for some people on Instagram, of course, but it's not heaps and heaps. And really, you know, thinking about the followers, generally, the more followers they have, the more expensive they're going to be as someone to do a paid partnership with. And something I wanted to say is if people are confused as to what these ads are like, when you see them organically in your feed, so i.e. before they're sponsored, you'll see that paid partnership label. So when you've seen it on Instagram, you've probably seen it when you're scrolling your feed, it will say paid partnership with. Now, I know not all influencers use that, but if they're following the rules of Instagram and Facebook, they're meant to disclose that this is an ad or this is some kind of promotion for another brand. So it's taking these paid partnership organic posts, and then you're turning them into ads. And that's, you know, the show is being sponsored at that point. So people maybe get confused. Oh, how do I know it's, a, it's an influencer? Well, you'll know if it's an ad because it's sponsored. You'll know organically with paid partnership. Got it. And you'll see that right underneath the page name at the very top of the yep. ad. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Yeah. I just wanted to comment on something that you said, Angela, that I think is worth revisiting. The size of the influencer, everybody's going to want to go after the biggest list. That's, you know, I mean, especially for entrepreneurs, you know, first time at bat. But my experience anecdotally, we do, we do a lot of YouTube live in both our channel and then, you know, other people's channel, partner channels. And sometimes the smaller subscriber base is the more engaged base. 
because when you get to that massive subscriber base, then that means that you've probably had a lot of content that's kind of diluted in terms of who it's for. And, you know, you, you sort of lack that realm of specificity. So I'm not saying that big influencers are bad. I'm just saying that small influencers can be really good for you as well. And in some cases better, especially if they've done a really good job being specific about where they've niched down. It's, that's a really, really good point. And I see that all the time. You know, if you go on to you know, anybody's Instagram profile that's got lots and lots of followers, you can tell how many of those followers are engaged or kind of real by looking at what comments and views and likes are they getting on their posts. And you know, quite often it's tiny. You know, the number is really small compared to their follower list. Another thing just on that with the big influencers, what's that, that platform where you can get a celebrity to do a happy birthday shout out? Oh, Cameo. Cameo. Yeah, I did yeah. that for my so, wife with the Harry Potter actor. There you go. Totally. We actually did a review of a new customer that were thinking of coming on and they actually had a Snoop Dogg cameo video that they were using in one of their ads. And it was awful performance. Terrible. Really? Just because it's Snoop. a big celebrity. Oh. Heaps of engagement, like heaps and heaps of people engaging, of course, because it's Snoop. Right. Nobody's converting because the people that are engaging with, they just like to see the celebrity. It's not actually making them go, oh, well, if he likes that, I'm going to buy it. Like People can tell when it's not genuine like that. Yeah. And he was, he's almost like too big of a celebrity. So yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be a huge celebrity that is um, doing a paid partnership with. Well, I'm probably overstepping here a little bit, but I bet from an algorithmic perspective, when you have something that's, that over-engages like that, you're giving Facebook false positives. So now it can't see the signal through the noise. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, all these new demographic and psychographic you know, profiles like this, and they start expanding your ad where they, they shouldn't have. So the right celebrity wouldn't have been Snoop. It would have been whoever the celebrity in that industry is, you know, which is probably like Dr. Smith, the, the engineer who created the thing, that, that the people that would know, those are the, those are the people that would be engaging. Yeah, that, that really good insight. I think that's exactly what was happening. It was just like over, probably overload on the algorithm, like, oh, who do I show it to? Although it's got all the vanity metrics, though. I mean, well, I absolutely. I so, I mean, love the vanity metrics. I mean, there is some, I mean, we have a lot of agency owners that are listening here. Like, you know, you get Snoop on a cameo and all of a sudden you get all this engagement. I mean, what is the business result? I mean, here we are hardcore, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, I think there's something to say that to a customer, all right, I've been able to get you all this engagement. It didn't really help your business all that much, but it still got it. So, I mean, there is a proof in it. The point is, is, you know, the business owners that really want to use this strategy to be able to grow their business, really think hard and fast about like, who is that influencer and what, what potentially can they bring to the table? I think, Kasim, you even brought it up uh, earlier uh, before we hit record was you don't necessarily want to always attract the people who just want to learn from you. You want to attract the people that are going to hire you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you as a business owner, you want to think sort of along those same lines you've got a mass market appeal product, yeah, you know, that has good margins and you've got, you know, billions to spend on marketing, maybe you could go after one of the Kardashians. But in most cases, we're not really talking about that here in that particular case. And by the way, Cameo is really cool. If you've never checked it out, because I had Elijah Wood from uh, Lord of the Rings give a birthday message to my son last year, which was absolutely awesome. He still talks about it to this day. Anyway, just a side note. So back to branded content. So some of the things that we need to think about is obviously who those influencers are. What else? What are the other recommendations that, uh, that Facebook makes? So you know, certainly on the ad front, it's you know, the best practices there. 
mobile best practices. Of course, it's Instagram we're pushing right now. So absolutely designing for Instagram for the feed there. So that's always the big thing to remember. Making sure that your brand is visible. Yes, it's, you know, it's going to be coming from the uh, influencers page and it will say you know, that it is your brand, but you, you always got to be thinking short, sharp, get the retention early on, if, especially if it's a video ad, get the retention super early on in those first three seconds, making, uh, design it for sound off, like all of the mobile best practices, you, you always just keeping them in mind. Can I comment on something that I've seen that's kind of a pet peeve of mine? I feel like it wasn't Instagram that did this. It was obviously just, you know, mobile engagement in general, but so many brands don't have Favicon friendly branding. And if you're running ads, if you're running a significant amount of spend, especially people are going to see your logo over and over and over and over again. And if you've got something real complex that I can't see in that little teeny tiny circle that they give us, you lose all that brand ability. So, you know, if you're listening to this, your logo can be whatever your logo is. But figure out what your favicon is. Am I using the right word, Andrew? That favicon is it? Avatar? Yeah, it is favicon. Okay. It's favicon. Yeah. Well, I know what you mean when you say favicon. I think yeah, both. Yeah. You need some a little icon that's easy yeah. to recognize, so that every every time they see your ads, they know it's you because you know ads change and ad scent changes. But if you keep that little teeny tiny brand the same, that's the consistent hit. You know, from a neuroassociative conditioning standpoint, where you're actually getting your your 31 impressions before conversion. That's a really, really good tip. And it's those, those little attention to detail that people, they don't get sometimes how big of an impact they can have, 100%. Yeah. Well, you know, I think small advertisers aren't used to thinking like the big advertisers think. We're talking hundreds of thousands of impressions, even with small spends, you know, mm. hundreds of thousands of impressions. You're going to be seen hundreds of thousands of times. And so that, that makes a psychological impact. If it doesn't, you're doing something wrong. So make sure that you're benefiting from it fully. And I think that's one of those little things that, you know, could make a really big impact. I mean, you're paying for it anyway. Because <laughs> you really have to think about it that way, just from a, a logical perspective. And think small, obviously, think mobile, think what that experience is. You know that, let's say you're spending maybe a couple hundred dollars, like you're going to get hundreds of thousands of people. You're going to get your ad in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Like, let's just call that what it is. I mean, it, so you're paying for it anyway. You might as well get something for the people who scroll by mm. <laughs> or maybe who don't linger for a second or two, whether that would be a view through or whatever it happens to be. So thinking like that, I think with just advertising, just in general, the Favicon is obviously is an important part of that. I think it's just a solid best practice, whether or not it was branded content or any other ad that you have, especially. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5x your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. 
To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. Video, for sure. So we've got these posts, all right? So tell me sort of how it works here. Take us through it. So we've got a post that's going to be organically promoted by influencer, and then what? And then how do we control sort of the next steps like as advertisers, as business owners? Yeah. So I think even before that, you know, obviously they put the organic post out, it's having that conversation with them as to, you know, giving them the guidelines around the brand. Uh, You know, I've seen some terrible, you know, influencer posts where, you know, it's the way that they're promoting that whatever product, it's just so off brand. So, you know, having that collaboration with whoever you're partnering with, making sure that the post itself is true to your brand. And then it's, it gets into the nitty gritty of like, they have to connect themselves up with your, you know, their business profile. They have to connect up with your brand as well. So that can all happen in the back end of Instagram. And we actually have a PDF that walks you through, that we'll put in the show notes that walks you through how to actually do that step-by-step. So how to do that for the influencer to connect with you and then how you give them permission to create using your name. It sounds, it sounds technical, but it's not. This is actually probably one of the better Facebook PDF guides that I've seen. A lot of the time, you know, sometimes when you go to the, the Facebook help articles, they, they can be a bit challenging to follow through and they don't give you the actual step-by-step. But this um, PDF that we've got is, is really comprehensive, showing you how to connect up their Instagram business profile with your, with your account. So the, 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 the flow is that they would put the, the post out as an organic, and then that's when you can have permission to promote it as a paid ad. Got it. Got it. So that's sort of behind the scenes. We're not going to go through all the technical aspects of it. There's really good, it is, you're right, there's really good mm. screenshots in this PDF and much more intuitive, I think, than people might actually realize here. And it is actually fairly simple. So one of the things that you referred to before, which is it always... It's hysterical when Facebook tells us this is good content makes good branded content. Good content makes good ads. How about that? There's a, <laughs> there's a news flash for you. So <laughs> a great post is 67% more predictive of positive brand sentiment than a likable creator. How's that? So, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have good content first. So anyway, but there's <laughs> some iteration because we have done this prior, we've done a fair amount with influencers like three or four years ago when this thing was sort of new. And we tried it, did a bunch of different, we had a couple of different sort of secondary ad agencies we had met in New York. And we're like, all right, let's just do it. It's like $800 per. And they all 
absolutely flopped because they failed on this step. And that's the reason why I'm saying it. it seems like I am Captain Obvious. Those are great commercials, by the way, too. But the point is, is good content does make good branded content. I don't think we had really strict editorial guidelines set up before they actually created the content for, you know, as an influencer here. So that's why they didn't do well. So I still think that if you've got this down and we, you take this step-by-step, step, go through the PDF and use it and you're like, ah, well, that really didn't work. Well, look at your original content. So learn from our failures. Don't spend the money to do it unless you really do have some quality control over what the influencer is actually going to say, staying on brand, making it helpful and useful and all the things that we talk about here on the show. Yeah. And, and I was just looking at some of the images with the client that we're currently working with that are trying to implement. And I'm looking at some of the images that they've got and they're very on brand with the images that they currently have on their website. And so that's really good to see. They've clearly put the effort in there to make sure the photos that he's taking absolutely are true to the brand. Another thing that I find super interesting in this PDF that uh, Facebook have shared with us is they're saying focus on business outcomes, not engagement rates. And they actually say their engagement rates do not significantly correlate to brand lift. Now, I'm sure you know, they've said it in other things, but it's very, very clear there. It, these vanity metrics are not going to give you business success. They do not correlate with people engaging with your brand and ultimately purchasing. So you know, forget about those engagement rates. They've even got some nice little graphs in there that prove that they don't correlate with it. Mm. It's actually well, a brilliant pivot. It's a brilliant pivot because you know the criticism I've heard, and honestly, I've even leveled myself when all this, you know, Facebook lost its data, and everybody came out and said, "Oh, it's basically radio and television." You know, we're basically bla- blasting a message out to to the ether without any tracking. That's not true. We were just so spoiled with how granular the data got, and now we have to zoom out just a little bit. But this is Facebook proving that, hey, we're actually still way more effective than radio, television, newspaper. You know what I mean? Like all the, all the traditional uh, marketing mechanisms could never do this, could never connect two initiatives like this in this way. So I don't know if y'all know this or not. I'm very skeptical of some of the literature that Facebook and Google publish because you know they tend to be very self-interested. This impresses me. I think that this is a, a really strong strategic pivot. I get it. And, and it's logically sound. So, you know, Hats off to them, honestly. I can see this working. Well, I think it's the new transparent Facebook. Maybe it's coming out in their marketing materials as well as on the platform. Don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just a fundamental shift. But at the end of the day, yeah, they do understand that, you know, not all the stuff that they send out is always is always going to be helpful and useful for all of us out here. But I will say this is that, you know, even without the influencer side of the equation. You know, it's amazing to me how non-converting content still does work in combination with other platforms, which isn't really exactly what we're talking about here. It's you can go so wide and so broad to your target audiences and you might not see a, a single conversion, but you combine that maybe with search and Google and a lot of the stuff that you're doing, Kasim, and YouTube, and all of a sudden you see them all lifting simultaneously something that we call media efficiency ratio as opposed to ROAS. It's everything together. And none of that's really changed. Like Facebook's, there's still 4 billion plus active users out there and you should be putting content out there. And you know we've actually seen internal customers where the shift has occurred, where they're now spending more on other platforms than they are on Facebook. And the two of them together are better than they were pre-iOS. Mm. 
So like this is a de definitive possibility to be able to sort of strike that balance. And it's obviously something that we're going to be, you know, delving into more and more as the more data comes in here on the show in the coming weeks and months. But I think this here is a, is a really good example of Facebook saying, okay, well, you can use our platform in maybe a different way that you never thought of before. And I, I think it's a good step-by-step -step and a, maybe a logical next step for a lot of businesses that are listening here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's next? We need to know, like, if we want to get conversions, obviously, at the end of the day, sort of skipping right on down to the lower part of the funnel, what are the next steps here as far as effectiveness using this technique? Yeah, so it would be connect up with an influencer and we didn't we'll get some information on how to connect with influencers. I know there's some, you know, there's different agencies that you can you can use to, you know, that work with micro influencers in particular. Get your content created. And then the recommendation from Facebook is that you run it in a campaign along with your business as usual ads. So it's not that you Run, you're not running it against your business as usual to see what's better, you know, doing a test to compare. It's that combination of those paid partnership ads with the influencers along with what you would normally be running in the account that really is where you're going to see the lift. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mixed campaigns is what they're sort of referring to, you know, drive more purchases and 90%, like some of these numbers are pretty impressive. Like you don't really mm -hmm. see these types of like lift numbers, you know, conversion uh, success numbers in some of the materials that Facebook sends out to us. But like, this is pretty impressive. And I think it's worth, we'll give obviously some links in the show notes for some platforms that, you know, we found to be helpful and useful to find these types of influencers in the past and always thinking about what the intent is and, you know, who their audience potentially is and how it relates back to your product. but. Like there's a combination here. There's a combinatorial solution here for a different way of looking at this platform. And it's absolutely something that we're pretty excited of launching into with a couple of our customers here. And but keeping a lot of these benchmarks in place and these sort of guideposts in place, making sure that the content is on brand, it's relevant, it's useful, it's helpful. All of that seems like we're checking the boxes initially in this customer that we were discussing here, Ange, and really seeing what the end results are. And this forces you to change how you think about the platform a bit. And I think that's something that we've discussed here quite a bit in the last couple of months is, are you just looking at Facebook as just a conversion mechanism only? Or are you looking at it as part of your overall marketing mix in a holistic way? And this is one more potential tool in which to achieve that end and ultimately scale and grow. Yeah. And I think what's interesting as well on this is, you know, so, as you say, some of these stats are really quite interesting. When there's, you know, the one that you mentioned, 90% more purchases than brand ads alone. And I think it's something, a criticism that we often have, you know, when we're working with Facebook is that a lot of the data that they're sharing with us is very much based on big brand spends. And, you know, then we try and relate it down to, you know, smaller spends, smaller advertisers. It just, it doesn't work. But, you know, they're actually seeing here these types of ads, the branded content when compared just with brand ads you know, where you're just you're doing it for the engagement or for brand awareness, it's like four times lift on purchase conversions versus just brand ads alone. So it's really impressive. It's really significant. And we've seen evidence of this, is that this is the positive sign, like having shut off all conversion ads in one ad account completely and only using, in essence, brand awareness, video view, you know, some retargeting, obviously, because the retargeting is still 
you know, it's not as precise as it once was, but seeing the overall lift of the brand and conversions triple. And mm. in most cases, especially in the last couple of weeks, we've seen those types of results. Like this is pretty powerful, like a 4X lift on purchase conversions than brand ads alone. That's a lot. Now, obviously we're mixed campaigns with brand ads, but the point is like, this is definitely something for you to consider as a, as a business owner for sure. Yeah. And I think it's something that Facebook are listening to and hearing that, you know, this thing about a lot of their data is based on bigger brands. They're actually kind of something they're pushing with us right now is to do these performance branding studies. Now, I believe those are only available if you have a partner manager, but I think it, the point is that it's definitely on their mind that smaller advertisers don't just want case studies based on big brands that are having success. They want to actually, they want to be able to measure the impact of brand and performance. And you know, that's something that we've struggled with as an agency, even to, to measure, you know, using the tools in Facebook. It's a real challenge to actually measure that and go, hey, you know, what was the lift from that brand awareness ad campaign or that video view campaign or whatever kind of campaign you're running? I feel that there is a bit of a shift on, in Facebook side to recognize that and really help advertisers see those results better and, and be able to use that information. Awesome. Thanks so much. Excited to see you next time. Nice. Thanks so much, y'all. See you next time. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.